to Palm Sunday at Bible Deliverance Church. And we're going to get right now into the message. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, we come exalting you on all high, oh God. We come acknowledging that you are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords, oh God. And as we come before you today, we ask that you open up our hearts, open up our minds. Let us receive your word and continue to exalt your name. In the mighty name, we give you praise. In the mighty name, we give you glory. In your mighty name, we give you honor. Amen, amen, and amen. Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is about the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, the Sunday before his crucifixion. Palm Sunday marks the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. Entering the city on a donkey symbolized his arrival in peace rather than as a war-raging king which would have arrived in us on a stallion. His riding in on a donkey also fulfilled the prophecy of Zechariah, which was proclaimed approximately 500 years earlier, as Zechariah predicted in Zechariah 9 and 9, that the king would come seated on a donkey. But the significance of the donkey goes so much further than the prophecy. In biblical times, it was customary that during a time of peace, a king would ride a donkey, while a king would come sitting on a white horse after victory in a battle. Now, in the time that we're talking when Jesus actually rode into Jerusalem, the then Roman governor was Pontius Pilate, who you will learn much about later on uh, next Sunday, when we talk about the crucifixion, but he would come into Jerusalem with his soldiers for Passover, showing his strength through the arms of his men who carried weapons. Jesus, however, came on a donkey with all of his disciples unarmed to, to demonstrate the kingdom of God and his peace. See, Jesus came as king, not to judge or even rule. He came to demonstrate the grace of God. In Luke 19, 29 through 31, it reads, As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, say the Lord needs it. Now what may seem a bit strange is a donkey or a horse, in order for it to be deemed suitable to ride, it has to be broken in. But what Jesus was saying was bring to me one no one has ridden, one that is untrained, one that has not been broken. This simple request broke all the norms. See, because a donkey that has not been broken in is not a nice donkey. They are known to buck like crazy the first time someone gets on them. And then to add insult to injury, 
Jesus says, go and untie this donkey. And if anyone asks you why you are untying it, just say to them that the Lord is in need of it. Now just pause for a moment. Just pause. And put yourself in the shoes of the disciples. Who they, they were likely thinking, if it was not just but for a moment, they were probably thinking, okay, Jesus, you want us to go get this unbroken, untamed donkey and take no consideration as to how you're going to ride it because it will likely buck against you. And then when we find this donkey, untie it. And if we're questioning about why we're untying the, the donkey, just to tell the person that the Lord needs it. See, I don't know about you all, but where I come from, this sounds a bit crazy. And being raised in Philadelphia, you know, we're a little suspicious in Philly. That's the city of brotherly love, but we are a little suspicious. And if truth be told, this sounds like a setup, which is going to end up with somebody facing some criminal charges. So stay with me. I want you to take heed to the obedience, the faith, and the trust that the disciples had in Jesus. Because it takes a high level of commitment to obedience and absolute faith and trust in God to move when things don't seem to make sense. There's somebody under the sound of my voice that needs to stop trying to understand what God is doing. Stop trying to create excuses. Stop trying to find the easiest way and be just obedient to the word of God. See, to dwell in and be useful in the kingdom of God, we have to be willing to obey the king without compromise, without excuse, without explanation. Our obedience and faith go hand in hand. The word of God tells us without faith, it is impossible to please him. But why? Because without faith, obedience is compromised. And God goes on to tell us, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, obey my word. Now that's just a sidebar for y'all this morning. Now back to the disciples. They followed Jesus' instructions to the T. And amazingly enough, when they were questioned about untying the donkey, they spoke the words that Jesus told them to speak. And there was no resistance. Did you hear what I said? When they spoke the words that Jesus told them to speak, there was no resistance. Some of y'all will get it later. Then they brought the donkey to Jesus. And the scripture says they threw their garments over the donkey. Meaning that they put their garments on the donkey for Jesus to use as a saddle. And then I love the words used in the scripture as it says, Then they set Jesus on the donkey. The disciples lifted Jesus up and set him on the, on the donkey. When I was studying this scripture, I had to pause. And I want you all to get what has happened in just these few verses. Jesus, God in flesh, gave his disciples some unusual, downright strange instructions. The disciples didn't pause to make sense of the instructions. They just obeyed and followed through with the work of bringing Jesus what he asked for. 
And when they came before him, meeting his request, they lifted him up. And Jesus continued with them on his journey. Some of us are so concerned about our plans, our journey, when what we need to do is we need to get in step with God's plan and his journey. And I don't know if the disciples got it right then and there, but thanks to their obedience, I got it. And I'm hoping that you get it. What am I talking about? I'm talking about this. The people that Jesus would be riding through didn't at the time know the underlying story of the donkey. They had no way of knowing that this donkey had never been ridden. Only Jesus' disciples had the inside information on this. Others had no reason to think that this was anything but a donkey that had been broken in for Jesus to ride. My point is this, but the disciples were able, those that walked with Jesus, were able to bear witness to Jesus' power to subdue even an untamed animal by just bringing the donkey into his presence. This reminds me of the words of David in the book of Psalms that says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. If we reflect back to the Old Testament scripture in Judges 15, 16, Samson declares, with the jaw bone of an ass, have I slain a thousand men. And here in the New Testament, it's an ass that poses the ideal example of submission and obedience. And if implemented, if we follow that example of how submissive and obedient that donkey was, how he went against his nature, if we follow that example, just think how many thousands upon thousands and millions upon millions of people could be saved mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Now, I know this may not be the ideal thing to say or to ask on Palm Sunday, but take it up with God. If a jackass recognizes the power of Jesus and does not succumb to the norm of his species, does not buck against the will and the ways of the King of Kings, but has enough sense to recognize greatness and bow in obedience, why do you and I struggle so much with absolute trust and obedience to the King of Kings? Are we more stubborn, more untamed, more fickle than a donkey? Just a question. Answer it in your prayer time with God. As Jesus began to ride through the town on this submissive donkey, the people hailed and praised him as the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Luke 19, 37 through 40 reads, As he was drawing near, already on the way down to the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. 
peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They rolled out what we would call today the red carpet for Jesus. And in Matthew 21 and 8, he gives more detailed depiction of the scene as he records. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road and cut down branches from trees and spread them on the road. I want to pause and explain to you the significance of the palm branches. Palms were a symbol of goodness and victory. Palm branches were often depicted on the coins and the important buildings in that time. In 1 Kings 6 and 29, King Solomon had palm branches carved into the walls and the doors of the temple. Now, many of you that received the message today, you saw that I said that Palm Sunday was the day that the donkey upstaged the palm trees. And I say that because all of this worship that these people were exalting as Jesus rode through the town on this donkey and they, they laid down palm trees. It was hypocrisy that was being exalted. Stay with me. Because the scripture goes on to tell us there were also some Pharisees who were not in a celebratory mood and began yelling to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. See, the Pharisees, they were offended by the people offering Jesus worship and praise. See, because they did not believe him to be the Messiah and certainly did not believe him to be God in flesh. But the one thing that the Pharisees did understand was that worship is only due to God. And the exaltation of worship to anyone or anything other to God, they knew it to be a sin. And for Jesus to allow others to worship him as they were doing, they looked upon him as committing blasphemy. But Jesus answered in a manner which confirmed exactly who he was. And he said, I tell you, if they remain silent, the very stones will cry out. The words compiled is a very strong claim of the deity of Jesus. Those words that he spoke. Scriptures often speak of inanimate nature praising God. As in Isaiah 55 and 12, it says, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. See, I don't know about you all, but every chance I get, I'm going to give God some praise because I don't need nor do I want a stone to cry out for me. I know many Palm Sunday messages end with the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, but the story of Palm Sunday is about Jesus's purpose, his proclamation, and his destination. Jesus's purpose in riding into Jerusalem was to make public his claim to be their Messiah and the King of Israel in the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. But keep in mind, all while knowing in just a few days, he would be offered up as the ultimate sacrifice. 
Jesus' destination was the temple. And when he arrived at that temple, the first indication that the praise and the worship of the people was all for naught, was hypocritical, was that Jesus had to go in and cleanse the temple for the second time. He had to go in and drive out those who were buying and selling. And he declared, my house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Scripture says, then he began to heal in the temple. Do you all understand the significance of him cleansing the temple? Once he cleansed the temple of false worship, those willing to disobey God to gain wealth, then he proceeded with the healing of the people. See, the underlying story is the praise the people lavished on Jesus was not because they recognized him as their savior from sin. They welcomed him out of their desire for a messianic deliverer, someone who would lead them in a revolt against Rome. There were even many who, though they did not believe Christ to be the savior, but nevertheless, they hoped that perhaps he would at least be the one to be a temporal deliverer. These are the ones who hailed him as king with their many hosannas, recognizing him as the son of David who came in the name of the Lord. But when he failed their expectations and to do what they wanted him to, be, to do, when he refused to exalt a revolt against the Romans, the crowd quickly turned on him. Because I want you to keep in mind within just a few days, those hosannas that they sang and all that praise and laying down of the palms would all change into cries of crucify him. Those who hailed him as a hero would soon reject and abandon him. The Bible says that Jesus wept for Jerusalem. In the midst of the praise of the moment, he knew in his heart that it wouldn't be long before these same people would turn their backs on him and betray him and ultimately crucify him. The scripture tells us Jesus' heart broke with the reality of how much they needed a savior. In Luke 19, 41 through 42, it says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, you would turn your back on, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The truth of what they were embarking on was hidden because they were focused on their own agendas, worshiping and exalting Jesus for the wrong reasons, and it blinded them. And the hypocrisy began to unveil right in the temple. After driving out the money changers and then healing the blind and the lame, it was the chief priests and scribes after seeing these magnificent things and hearing children crying out in the temple and saying Hosanna to the son of David. It was the chief priests and the scribes that became indignant and said to Jesus, do you hear what they're saying? 
the priests and the scribes took on the mindset, the same mindset and demeanor as the Pharisees, thinking they should not be worshiping you like this. And Jesus replied, yes. Have you never read out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise? What Jesus was conveying was, it is from those whose minds, whose hearts, whose flesh, and whose desires have not been corrupted by the world is where you'll find perfected praise. The story of Palm Sunday is the story of King Jesus who came as a humble servant on a donkey, not prancing in on a white stallion, not draped in royal robes, not seeking to be adorned for grandeur. Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, came not to conquer by force as earthly kings, but to conquer through the exaltation of love, grace, and mercy. His kingdom is not one of armies and splendor, but of humility and servanthood. Jesus came to conquer nations through the conquering of their hearts and their minds. Jesus wants to make the same triumph entry into each of our hearts where we can exalt him and allow him to reign in peace and love. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, we bow down and worship you as our sovereign King. We commit and submit to the reign, the rule, and your word. We thank you for loving us enough to manifest yourself, God, in flesh and to walk among us as a perfect example of love and humility. Lord, we come before your throne asking you to consume our heart, O oh Lord, as we do your will and allow you to use us to let your kingdom come on earth as in heaven. Amen, amen, and amen. Let me hear you make some Holy Ghost crazy noise right now. Let me hear. Come on, Zion, clap those hands with me. Come on, come on, all God's people. Come on, come on, Mike.
Come on.